Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life, so don't waste them. Well, I certainly have lost many battles. Uh, so far, I've not lost a war, but I've certainly lost many battles. Oh, yeah, more than I can count, probably. Um, I mean, we had many... Uh, at Tesla, we came many times close to bankruptcy. Um, in fact, in, at the end of 2008, we were only a few days from bankruptcy. It was literally two days, or three days, maybe. I gave basically both SpaceX and Tesla from the beginning uh, a probability of less than 10% of likely, likely to succeed. Uh, in the beginning, I wouldn't, actually wouldn't even let my friends invest because I don't want to lose their money. I thought it was like, you know, I'd rather lose my own money. We, we almost did die at SpaceX, actually. So we, I budgeted for, for three flights. Um, I mean, technically, I, I did have a plan where I'd, I had, a, had, this, had the money from PayPal. I had like about $180 million from PayPal. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll allocate half of that to SpaceX and Tesla and SolarCity, and um, that should be fine. I'll have 90 million, like just lots, you know. Uh, but but then what happened is um, things cost more and took longer than than I thought. So I had a choice of either put the rest of the money in or the companies are going to die. Um, and it's like so I, put, I ended up putting all the money in and, and borrowing money for rent from friends. If you want to try to come up with an innovative breakthrough, um, that's kind of that's going to be how it is. Um, anything which is significantly innovative is going to come with a significant risk of failure. You've got to take big chances in order for the potential for a big positive outcome. If the outcome is exciting enough, then then taking a big risk is worthwhile. Yeah. That's really how I approach it. But but then. Once executing down a path, I actually do my absolute best to reduce uh, risk, you know, because, or, or to improve the, pro another way of saying it, to improve the probability of success, because uh, when you try to do something that is very, um, very risky, uh, you, ha you, you have to spend a lot of effort trying to reduce that risk as you embark down that path. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of constitutionally just geared to, to just keep going. I don't know. Um, it's a, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it certainly, it, there are times when you know, things don't go well, and then uh, that's quite dispiriting, for sure. Um, and so then it's, it's difficult to proceed with the same level of enthusiasm. Um, but, um, but I do think, like, I do think the things that we're doing are, are you know, pretty important to the future um, and if we don't succeed then you know there's well there's, there's not it's not clear what other things would succeed um, and if if we don't succeed then we will be certainly pointed to as a reason why people shouldn't even try for these things so uh, I think it's important that we do whatever is necessary to keep going so how do you keep your focus on the big picture when you're constantly faced with we could be out of business in a month well, it's, it's just a very small percentage of mental energies on the, on the big picture. Like, you know, you know, you know where you, you're generally head, heading for, and, and the, the actual path is going to be some sort of zigzaggy thing in that direction. Um, 
you try not to deviate too far from the path that, that, that you want to be on, but you're going to have to do that to some degree. I think a successful entrepreneur has probably come in all sizes, shapes, and flavors. An obsessive uh, nature with respect to the quality of the product um, is very important. But even if you're, if you're the best of the best, there's always a chance of failure. So I think it's important that you really like whatever you're doing. Um, if, if you don't like it, life is too short. If you like what you're doing, you think about it even when you're not working. I mean, you, you're, it'll just, it, it's, it's something that your mind is drawn to. Um, and, and if you don't like it, you, you just really can't make it work, I think. A lot of times people think like creating companies is going to be fun. I would say it's not, it's really not that fun. I mean, there are periods of fun and there are, there are periods of where it's, where it's just awful. Um, and particularly if you're the CEO of the company, um, you actually have a distillation of all the worst problems in the company. Um, there's no point in spending your time on things that are going right. So you only spend on things on your time on things that are going wrong. And, and there are things that are going wrong that other people can't, can't take care of. So you have like the worst. You have a filter for the crappest problem in the company. <laughs> the most pernicious and painful problem. I think you have to feel quite compelled to do it and have a, a fairly high pain threshold. And there's a friend of mine who, who says like starting a company is like staring into the abyss and, and eating glass. Um, and there's some truth to that. The staring into the abyss part is that you're going to be constantly facing the, the um, extermination of the company. Because uh, most, most startups fail. Uh, it's like 90%, arguably 99% of, of startups fail. So, uh, so you, you, that, that's the staring into the abyss part. You're constantly saying, okay, this, if, if, if I don't get this right, the company will die. Um, it's going to be quite stressful. Quite stressful. And, and then, um, the eating glass part is, you've got you've got to do, you've got to do the problems. You've got to you've got to work on the problems that the company needs you to work on, not the problems you want to work on. And so that the, that's you end up working on problems that that uh, you'd really wish you weren't working on. And so that's, that's the eating glass part. Um, and that goes on for a long time. You may have heard me say it to, to, that it's good to think in terms of the, the physics approach of first principles, uh, which is rather than reasoning by analogy. You boil things down to the most fundamental truths you can imagine, and you reason up from there. And this is a good way to figure out if, if, if something really makes sense, or if it's just what everybody else is doing. Um, it, it, it's hard to think that way. You can't think, think that way about everything. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, but if you're trying to do something new, it's the best way to think. Um, and that framework was developed by, by physicists to figure out counterintuitive things um, like quantum mechanics. So it's really a powerful, powerful method. The reason I, I came out to Stanford was actually to work on uh, energy storage technologies for electric cars. That, that summer of 95, um, I was looking at the, the, the internet and it seemed to me like the internet was going to have a big effect on humanity. So I, I, I thought, well, I can either work on electric vehicle technology for and do my PhD at Stanford um, and watch the internet get built, or I could put my studies on hold and try to be part of the internet. And at first I tried to get a job at Netscape because that was the only internet company, um, and they didn't respond to me. So then I was like, okay, um, if I can't get a job at the only internet company, then I better try starting something. Um, but I talked to my professor and I said, look, I'm gonna try starting a company, it's probably not gonna succeed, uh, and if it doesn't succeed, can I come back? 
he said, sure, no problem. Um, and so I put my studies on hold and uh, started the company. If, if things had just gone a little bit the other way, it, both companies would be dead. And, I, and I, like one of the most difficult choices I've ever faced uh, in life was, was in 2008. Um, and um, I think I had uh, like a, maybe $30 million left, or $30 or $40 million left in 2008. And I had two choices. I could put it all into one company, and then the other company would definitely die, um, or split it between the two companies. And, but if I split it between the two companies, then both might die. Um, and you know, when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating something, or building something, it's like a child. It's like, which one am I going to let one starve to death? I couldn't bring myself to do it, so I, put, I, I split the money between the two. Fortunately, thank goodness, uh, they both came through. Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life, so don't waste them.